And that five, some Barry, Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, Hyman down low, Drysaddle back door. What timer score in the fifth man on that unit? Connor McDavid buries the power play goal to make it five nothing. Drills seem to be working, Bob, whether it be in practice or in a game. Welcome to Edmonton. Here's a six pack. Six goals tonight by the Edmonton Oilers as they pound the Seattle Kraken in preseason action. First ever visit by the Kraken to Rogers Place, and they'll be happy that it didn't count in the standings. All Edmonton tonight, three goals in the first period, two in the second, and one more in the third. The power play looking very good. Connor McDavid with some dazzling plays, and Brendan Perlini scores twice. He has three in two preseason games. He's one of the guys trying to crack the Oilers roster and so far so good for him thanks a lot for joining us 10 o'clock hey if you're in the building tonight great to see you even though you were just a little speck from where Rob and I sit up top but it was awesome to have fans in Rogers place and hear actual live reactions to some of the goals hits saves the shootout that was done for practice at the end of the game the Oilers won that too by the way so uh six nothing the Oilers win ten nothing They've outscored their opponents in two preseason games, and they didn't even surrender a goal in that practice shootout at the end of the game. Koskinen went five for five against the Seattle Shooters. Well, Rob, first of all, just from a general perspective, we had a pretty good sense this might be a nice offensive night for the Oilers coming into this game. Be before we talk about Perlini and some of the other stories, uh, the Stars did what you would expect them to do against the lineup Seattle had. Well, when, when you're playing against the Edmonton Oilers, you're trying to match a line and you're trying to match your best defensive pairing against Connor. And the Seattle Kraken didn't have those players in their lineup tonight. And when the best that they could send out there tonight wasn't on the ice, there was a, a huge mismatch. I mean, Connor and his line mates sometimes were out against guys that will be playing in the American Hockey League, and it, it, at times it didn't look fair. Uh, Connor McDavid's a guy that wants to play every game. He'd love to be in every exhibition game. And, and players at this time of year want to get in just to get a feel for the game, create some chemistry, try to get their touch back. It looked like he and his line mates have been playing all summer together. It's almost like they rented ice and were on the ice twice a day for the last two months. Uh, Connor looked in midseason form. He and Hyman had chemistry instantly, and Pugliarvi was making nice plays. It's we, we saw a lot last year, especially when Pugliarvi, when Connor and Leon were together and, and Pugliarvi was out there that Pugliarvi just drove the middle and he got in front of the net and he created havoc that way. Tonight, you saw him with the puck on his stick a little bit more. He looked more confident, even than he did last year when he had a fantastic season. Made a wonderful play on the Hyman goal. He set that all up, getting the puck to McDavid, who goes back door. So, yeah, the stars for the Oilers tonight... We thought it would be a mismatch against the Kraken, and it certainly was. McDavid with a goal and two assists. Pugliarvi with a goal and an assist. Nugent Hopkins had an assist. Dreisaitl had an assist. Hyman a goal and an assist. Nurse a goal and an assist. So those guys uh, all over the score sheet and dangerous even on opportunities that didn't go in the net tonight. Now, significant for the Oilers. Brendan Perlini scores twice, both on heavy shots, mm -hmm. both from distance and he also scored Sunday against the Calgary Flames so Rob does he greatly elevate <laughs> his his chances does he keep himself afloat and earn more games how do you look at this well in all honesty the the Oilers everyone that's not in their top nine are fighting for three spots on their fourth line because the top nine on this team is already set so Perlini's looking to be a left winger on your fourth line. And there's a, a lot of guys still in the mix for that. So you're battling probably with five, six different players to be in your bottom three. Perlini had to come in and separate himself because I believe he was probably fairly low on the depth chart because they got guys with a little more experience. They got guys that have been in the NHL lately. They got a, a prospect in Benson who they've put in, what, three, four, five years uh, into to try to get him to this level. So he would be the outsider coming in, and he's been very, very good. Uh, the Oilers have not had depth scoring for a long, long time. Uh, 
Perlini looks like a guy that's capable of doing that. He's scored in the National Hockey League before. A guy like Shore, who looked very good again tonight, playing with Perlini. They're making plays, but yeah, I believe Perlini has put himself in the mix uh, and, and is right now at the top of that. But what you're going to see, and this is my guess, I, I, what do the Oilers play? They have eight exhibition games. Is that what it is? Yeah, six left. I would, I would imagine a Perlini would probably play six of those at least, because. They like what they've seen, but a player that is usually out of the league or a player that's up and down from the minors, the thing that is usually missing in his game is consistency. So they've seen now in two games, Perlini has the skill set and the ability to be a factor in an NHL hockey game. But is he going to be a factor in 40 games or is it going to be 50 or is it 60 70 80 how many games could we get out of him where he's effective as a hockey player for us so you're going to see him more and more in exhibition to see okay you've given us two good games can you give us three four five six but it's been a very good start for him and of all the guys in the bottom six that are fighting for that uh one of the fourth line spots i believe him and shore have been the two best players well and i th- shot I, th- I thought Shore made a nice pass oh it's a beautiful uh, pass because well, that's one of those you think he's going to fire mm-hmm. it away because he's in the slot but he one touches it back very quickly and we saw and look Shore will be a depth guy but yep. we saw little glimpses of him last year when he can make a nice play with the puck mm-hmm. yeah and he and he, we know that the coaching staff has confidence in him we saw at different parts of the year last year where in important situations there was someone that was pulled off of a line and Shore was put up. Uh, yeah, on the goal that he made, two, there was both players made smart plays on it. A, the puck comes to Shore. He just a little hesitation with the puck that got the goaltender to bite and move the defensive stick out of position so that he can make the, ba- the pass back. And Perlini, a lot of times when you make that pass to a guy in the slot, you get caught watching because you think, okay, that's guy, he's going to shoot. He's going to put the puck on net. But Perlini didn't do that. He got cocked and ready. So that when the puck came back and it was a perfect pass, it's a one-timer uh, into the net. And again, just hit the net on a one-timer. But yeah, Shore was good. He's been flying all over the place. He's looked very confident out there. To me, I, I see Shore right now as your starting number four center for the Edmonton Oilers after what I've seen for the two games. He's got the experience, and that puts him possibly a little ahead of McLeod in the center ice roll on the fourth line. 6-0, the Oilers win it tonight. Ryan McLeod played tonight as well, played 13-12, didn't register a shot on goal. Tough night in the faceoff circle. He went two for eight. Uh, Tyler Benson was in this game. He played 12-19, had one shot, so a lot of jockeying going on. Shore with a good night in the faceoff circle. He went 11 out of 15, 473%. Didn't they? Uh, four goaltenders have played for the Oilers. They have not allowed a goal. <laughs> Mike Smith, 18 saves on 18 shots tonight. And he was actually good early. I mean, the crack in the first eight minutes was probably the best part of the game for them and then Koskin came in he made 16 saves well in, in the Calgary game the other night and and we you and I don't count grade a scoring chances but if just thinking back through that game I remember one save in that game where the Calgary Flames had a chance to score a goal and it was late in the game on a two-on-one that was the only time I thought a goaltender made a save tonight both goaltenders for the Oilers were tested. Mike Smith early. Uh, Seattle was better in the first seven, eight minutes of this hockey game. They came out, they worked hard, created chances, and Smith had to make a number of saves. One, there's a, a weird bounce off the backboard. He had to come back and dive and, and make a save on an open net. Smith was good, and then Koskinen, he had two saves later in the game, which were probably the best two saves of the of the night. So, uh, yeah, you, you gotta, if you're a coaching staff, and you're like, okay, now where, where do we go from here? We've uh, scored 10 goals in two games. We've given up zero. Huh, apparently what we put in place here in training camp is working. Uh, yeah, I, I, the coaching staff's got to be very, very excited of what they've seen thus far in the preseason. Now it's just a matter of carrying it on. 6-0, the Oilers win it. They will be back at it in Winnipeg tomorrow. 4.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad with the game at 6. Warren Fogle and Zach Cassian expected to play in that game. Two of the uh, veterans here who are going to be on the team who have yet to get into preseason action. And w- we saw Zach Hyman, and, and we've seen him play before. One of those players, Rob, and, and you were sort of referencing this w- with Bob, that that you notice and we often talk about all the little ways you can impact a game without scoring scoring is the ultimate thing mm-hmm. i mean you want you want to score you gotta you gotta get goals but in in most games most players will not score no no we expect hyman to get some points but you know puck retrieval body positioning battling i mean even on on the penalty that he took he almost scored a split second before he he hacked the guy down when he was trying to get the puck back so you know again high expectations for hyman jumps in in the preseason um 
but I thought I thought good. You know, I saw what I was hoping to see. Yeah, he he looked exactly like what we've seen when he played for the Leafs against the Oilers. Uh, he to me, the majority of the games that. When Edmonton played against Toronto, Hyman was the best player on the ice for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he brought that exact same energy here tonight. I, I'm looking for he's That's probably the most excited player I am to watch this year for the Edmonton Oilers to see what Zach Hyman can do with Connor McDavid. All right, 6-0, the Oilers win it. You can get us at 780-496-0063. But first, here's head coach Dave Tippett. Uh, you know, there's some good, some bad. we got work on our power play a little bit. Got, uh, got to have a look at a you know, a new line up top. Uh, we got some guys that are, you know, they're in competition for jobs or, you know, doing what they could do, can do to get noticed. We got some young players that are finding their way. The goaltenders, actually, the goaltenders have all played well. I mean, they've four guys have played half a, half a game each and they've all played really well. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, some things that you like, but there's, there's parts of it that you can tell it's still exhibition. Uh, Brendan Perlini uh, with three goals in, in, in two games, a guy that you know in the past. Uh, what have you thought of his... Of his uh... he's, he's been good. I mean, he's he's trying to get his career back in order. He's playing like a hungry player. And one of his greatest attributes is he shoots a puck a ton. And, and that's what he's doing, you know, right now. So getting some opportunities to shoot. So, uh, you know, he's playing for his life right now. And that's it's good to see a guy giving everything he's got. It seems like he's found a little bit of chemistry with, I know it's early, but with, with those line mates, and you've had him there for yeah. games. What, you, you must have liked that line, I imagine, correct? No, they were good. I mean, Shores is another guy that's really playing well. You know, and Turris is trying to get his game going. So, you know what it is? There's, you got veteran guys, you know, all three of those guys, and Pearls is, you know, he's been, I think he's got a couple hundred games where they're veteran guys that they like the life in the NHL. They like to play in the NHL. And they know what they're. They know they gotta win a job. And when you have an idea what the life is like in the NHL and playing this league, it's worth fighting for. And they're fighting for a job right now. And what did you think of your your two younger forwards in McLeod and Benson tonight? Uh, yeah, they they were solid too. I mean, there's. I thought our whole group was solid all the way through. Solid all the way through. Are you getting pretty much what you expected out of Hyman? Uh, I mean, playing with McDavid can look easy, but uh, not all, not everybody can fit in and produce uh, like he's been doing. Yeah, I mean that's the first game, but in practice you see it. They've been, they've been. Uh, you know, Hyman is just he's an ultimate worker, right? He gets around, mucks around, and finds pucks, and I think it'll work well with Connor because if he can find some pucks and get them to Connor, Connor can make things happen. That's just, you know the Hyman's Hyman's goal is a perfect example of they. They go to puck. Jesse makes a good play. Connor makes a good play, and it's a tap in for Hyman. So, hopefully, that's a sign of good things to come. You, you didn't just add players. You kind of added a dimension to the team with the off-season moves, some leadership, some grit. Some are you mm-hmm. kind of? I know again, every every question you preface is it's only the second game, but are you seeing that uh, come to fruition here? <laughs> well, the, I think the guys with the players we've added. You know, uh, I just I'll kind of. The leadership group recognized that we've added some grit to our team, and we'd have to do that if we want to take another step. So I think uh, the players in that room recognize where we are, and expectations continue to, to uh, go up. Everybody wants to take another step forward. So when you bring some new guys in that are of that mode, you know, the players, I think the players that have been here recognize that, and they're enthused. No, no. Oh, one sec. <laughs> uh, Tip, you, you've talked a lot about you wanted to see your penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Didn't give up a goal, but obviously Seattle didn't have like their normal power play guys. What did you make of just the guys implementing your system? I don't you know what? There's, we'll see. I, I got to look at. I'll go back and just kind of watch the details of it. There's, you know, we're trying some people in there that there's, you know, Shores. He's got some. He's got some experience at it. But there's, there's just certain things, kind of triggers we look for. Go at a certain time, and when you, when you haven't done it enough, it, uh, you know, you got to get a little more rhythm in it. You know, there's a certain place you got to put sticks at different times and things like that. That that they'll learn. So we'll continue to kind of harp on those details and and use a few guys. 
Uh, a guy like Seabury, you can tell he's killed a lot in the league before. There's certain things that he'll do that you know you can kind of recognize as a veteran guy. But McLeod and Benson got a bunch of killing tonight, and I'll go and look at it. But they they were they were fine. We're trying to get Hyman and uh, and Nuge maybe as a pair. We'll see how that goes. From uh, your kind of live impressions, uh, what were your thoughts on Bouchard on the PK? He's been solid. His whole game's solid. Like he's he's going to be fine. Thanks, guys. All right, that is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett after Edmonton scores a 6-0 preseason win over the Seattle Kraken. You're going to hear from some of the Oilers players, and we want to hear from you, especially if you were back in the building tonight. Give us a buzz and let us know what it was like. 780-496-0063. We'll call a quick timeout. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Okay, back inside Rogers Place where some of you were tonight. The Edmonton Oilers cruise to a 6-0 preseason win over the Seattle Kraken. Smith and Koskinen share the shutout. Brendan Perlini scores twice as he continues to impress. Rob, I liked how Tippett described Hyman. We were talking about him before we went to the postgame there. What did he call him? He's, uh, he's the ultimate worker. He gets in there and he mucks around. Well, and it's true. And he talked about on the goal that he scored, it all started with him on a good forecheck that created a turnover that allowed the skilled players that he plays with to make plays. And then what does he do? He goes hang around the blue the blue paint. Uh, yeah, he's, again, it, it, being a, a former player, there's certain guys that you admire, and, and there's the superstars that uh, you think, okay, look at the God-given talent that have they have. But there's also the players that... They they get every ounce of what they've they their ability and and Hyman's one of those guys. It he just does everything right. There's there's uh, there's not you look at his game. Okay, well this guy can do that, but he's not as good here. This guy's got a great shot, but he's not so good in the back check. Well, Hyman does it all, and that's why good players, great players like playing with a Hyman because it creates so much more space. He creates chaos in the offensive zone with his forecheck. That allows the offensive players, the skill players, to come in and make their plays. So uh, Hyman is a great, great addition to the Edmonton Oilers, and it allows them to have two first lines and allows Connor and Leon to center their own lines. And I think Connor is going to have a fantastic year, and I believe Hyman is going to have some career highs playing with Connor McDavid. All right, 780-496-0063. We will welcome Christian to the show. Christian, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, Robin Reed. Yeah, I was at the game today. Just wanted to say the others played well. The goalies were great. So, yeah, if they're playing like that, we should have a good year. And, yeah, Hyman looked amazing out there. And even just seeing Yamamoto and he was battling with Alexiak, that was uh, pretty, you know, different to watch. You know, 5-6 versus, I think, 6-5. So, yeah, but, yeah. Good energy in the building today. Was really excited to be back there. How was the it? Uh, how was it getting in? I had some people asking me. Yeah, I don't so know because I'm not in the lines. What was it like getting in? Yeah, I mean the vet. You know, you had to go through. You had to show your vaccine card and everything. But it moved pretty smoothly. Like a, you know, it took me maybe ten minutes to get from the back of the line to actually in my seat. So it was pretty good for what I what I thought. Like it was a long lineup, but they moved us pretty quickly and had it organized pretty good so yeah are, are you complain. by me asking are you a season yeah. ticket holder i am not no okay but obviously you felt you you came to the game so you felt comfortable yeah. coming and all that kind of stuff yeah exactly i mean you know they put everything in place and i mean yeah it was pretty good i i, I had no complaints i felt comfortable in the arena any oilers player surprise you or one of the depth guys stand out for you tonight um, I'd probably just say uh, that tourist shore Perlini line like that was they really like, you could tell they, they had a lot of energy like the, the top guys always but th- those three they, they really especially Perlini he you know that excitement after that first goal like you could just see it in his face and he was going for the hat trick and I was ready to throw my hat but <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was it was good to see right on Christian thanks yeah. for listening thanks for calling we'll talk to you again no problem that's Christian, 780-496-0063. Turris, another interesting name in this mix for me too, Rob. You know, went so poorly for him last season. You know, we knew that maybe adjusting to a third-line center role might be a tough transition with face-offs and checking. 
but I, I certainly thought the, the points would, would be there at least to some extent, but he didn't really have much offense either. He's trying to play the wing this season, and, and as you get into the regular season, that's going to require a level of grinding and body positioning and all those types of things that, that maybe he hasn't always exhibited in his career. He did work on some of that strength stuff in the summer, so we'll see if it pays off for him. Yeah, it, it's funny. He's got probably the best resume of all the players looking for a spot on the fourth line, and most people don't have him even close to being there. They have him probably lowest on the depth chart. But in the two games he's played, he, he has looked fine. He has, uh, I think tonight he had a couple assists tonight. I, I might be wrong, but I yeah, thought he had. Assists. I thought he had one the other night in Calgary too. And again, if he's on your fourth line, he get, he creates offense for you in, in a depth role. Um, he's with the puck on his stick in the fourth line. He, he's good. It's it's is he capable of getting pucks in, pucks out? Uh, big face-offs defensively because the, the fourth line, a lot of the times, they come out in defensive situations. Can you trust them at the end of a period? And, and I, I say that because as an offensive player, your first your mindset doesn't always go to defense first. Uh, I had to change in my career. I had to go from a, a top line player to a depth role player. And, and it's hard because when there's a bouncing puck, your first instinct was always to cheat and, and think the puck's going to bounce past whereas a fourth line guy can't do that he's got to play on the defensive side he's got to be into good defensive positioning I, I think he's been fine in the games he's played uh, for the Oilers I think he still is a long shot but Dave Tippett said it best he said that those guys are playing with desperation they they understand that there is nothing going to be given to them they're going to have to earn a spot on this team and once you've been, if you played in the National Hockey League and then have left and played in the minors or you've left and played in Europe or you've been a healthy scratch or you're going in on a PTO, you've lost all that entitlement and any arrogance you may have had before. Now you know you know how cool it is. Or as, as Dave Tippett talked about, how great a job it is playing in the National Hockey League and you want to get back. So I think you're seeing those type of players that there is an absolute desperation in their game. Every shift they come on the ice, they know that, they have to do something in a positive light in that shift if they want to be around here come October. 6 nothing. the Oilers win it tonight. 780-496-0063. We have Sir Robert on the line. Sir Robert, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead, man. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Well, I mean, you know what? I think, uh, you know, I know, honestly, you know, I'm going to say to start, I know... I know Seattle didn't have their, didn't have what's going to be their full NHL lineup, their full opening night lineup. But what has me, but what has me the most excited for the for this season, especially after after watching, especially after watching tonight's game, would be would be that like you saw saw the the instant chemistry that McDavid had with Hyman. I liked what I saw from Foley Harvey tonight. I liked what I saw tonight from. Bouchard, Smith, and Koskin, and Annette, I thought were good, and you know, and uh, you know, and you know, and we didn't have, and we didn't have like a like I heard over between periods, and that didn't have a full goal or a Cassian in the lineup. So I think, I think this, I think this bodes well. Kind of what, kind of wondering what you guys were thinking, uh, and then I have another thought quick there after. Yeah, well, give us your thought quick now, Robert, and then we'll talk about that. Yeah, well, I guess. Uh, well, I, I guess my other thought is, I think, uh, I think you know what, I think we, I think with having with the, with having uh, all the depth that we do have, the likes of a Fogel or a Cassie, and I, uh, I think this is a this is a good problem that the Oilers now have because because now we have uh, now we have all these guys competing for jobs. And I thought Perlini was I thought Perlini was great tonight. I I personally think Perlini's going to uh, I personally think he's going to make the team. So I mean I think we're I think that, I think the I, I think they're going to have a great season. Thanks guys. Okay. Thanks Robert. Well, I mean he touched on the depth and that's that's been goal number 1 for well, not just Ken Holland. I think we'd probably say several general managers <laughs> because <laughs> over the years the Oilers have had some uh, high-end offensive talent that didn't have a lot of... I mean, even before, you know, McDavid, I think, you know, Hall and Nugent Hopkins and Eberle got thrust into 
you know, tough leadership positions and there wasn't much else going on around them. Um, yeah, and, th- and that's ultimately the goal. And he touched on Fogel and Cassian, who we haven't seen yet. And, and maybe those will guy- those are two guys who might rotate into the top six as the season goes along, depending on, on what happens. But, yeah, I mean, like to me, that you mentioned, Rob, that, to me that's why Hyman is the biggest game changer and the player I would look forward to seeing the most. I interviewed Fogel during the intermission, and he said, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got to take the puck to the net hard and I got to use my speed and, and draw penalties. And he kind of joked about the year he was drawing more penalties than, than McDay. But he also said after that, he stopped getting as many calls, probably because now his name was out there and the refs <laughs> were giving it. But, but still, I mean, that, that's the hope, you know, very early here into how it's going to be structured. Two good scoring lines, kind of a speedy... Um, Ryan's not big, but, you know, Ryan with a couple bigger guys who can skate on his wings, and there's your top nine. Well, I think the Oilers are now at the point, and my personal thought is this is a perennial playoff hockey club. The problem for the Oilers the last few years is they get to the playoffs and the game changes. It's not the same type of hockey played come playoff time. It becomes a little dirtier, a little nastier. It's uh, uh, a little rougher. It's harder to score, not score, not as much open ice out there. And the Oilers uh, haven't got it done. So part of it has been, and, and having said that, their star players have still put up the production, but it just completely tailed off after that. And they didn't have, I don't know, jam. The team didn't have enough jam, didn't have enough physicality, didn't have enough abrasiveness that when it got into those kind of games, uh, the other team seemed to have just a little bit of an advantage. So Ken Holland went out and got players that played with jam, played with aggressiveness and also that are capable of putting the puck in the net. And I've seen, I remember, again, we talk about Hyman. Every time I watch Toronto play, you're always drawn to him. He's not the first guy you think of, but as the game goes on, you keep noticing him. Vogel was like that when I watched Carolina play, too. Just the way he played, you always noticed him because he was making the right plays. He he didn't take shifts off. He understood what his role is, and he played it to a T. And, and, and again, he's fun to watch. So all of a sudden, the Oilers are getting some players that play in straight lines, that play with a physicality, that play without fear. Uh, that's what this team needs. And if now all of a sudden you're worrying about these players driving the net over and over again, they tire out the D, they tire out the other team with their, with their forecheck, that just creates more opportunities for your star players. So the Oilers' depth thus far looks better. And we've seen in the past where the Oilers' bottom two lines, you're almost at the end of training camp or end of exhibition season. You're like, okay, well, this was the best of the worst. This right. is a guy... guys are getting it by default. Yeah, he's, we, we, we have no other choice, so this guy's on the team. Well, there's just looking at the players that are competing right now, there's going to be one or two players that are not going to be with this organization come playoff or come regular season that are good hockey players because uh, the Oilers for the first time have depth players that they can play and be good and be players that can help this team going forward. All right, we got to get in a quick news and weather update. Brenda, Rocket, and Robert are next in the batting order on the phone line. You're also going to hear from Hyman and Perlini. Oilers cruise tonight, 6 nothing victory. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Eventually chases a death center. What a save made by Miko Koskinen. Robbing Geeky point blank. That might be the best save of the night by an Edmonton goaltender. Koskinen and Smith sharing the shutout tonight, combining for 34 saves. Oilers beat the Seattle Kraken 6 nothing at Rogers Place. Oilers back at it in Winnipeg tomorrow, then in Everett, Washington on Friday to play the Kraken once again. We expected that this one could be something like this given the uh, lineups that the two teams were uh, icing for this game. I, I did get a text from a bit of a... I did get a text from a bit of a wise guy earlier today who said, I think I see Rob Brown's name on the Kraken's lineup. He would help. I'm not going to identify him, but his name rhymes with Sason Drudrick. <laughs> well, Strud's has seen me play three puck in the mornings with their academies that we work out together. Strud's, he, he, he finds me. I, I go, I use my speed, my blazing speed, and he uses an incredible sauce pass. And 
in slow motion, we're able to create offense. Um, yeah, no, I can't play for the crack, and they're way too fast. I struggle right now with playing against my grade fives. They seem to be getting faster and faster every year. But uh, the Kraken the are a team that I think will compete for a playoff spot. I know that you guys talked before the game about them and talked about the fact that they're, they're going to be good in net, although you didn't notice that tonight. Uh, they're, they're solid on the back end. They're a team that's going to work hard. I played uh, Dave Haxtell, the coach of the crack, and I played with him somewhere in the minors. I can't remember if it was Kalamazoo or Indy, one of the two places. Uh, very serious guy. Uh, he a wonderful work ethic, and I'm sure that's what you're going to see with this team, a team that just works hard. And as Jordan Eberle talked with you between periods, uh, there's a little chip on your shoulder when you're on an expansion team as you were all deemed expendable from the team that you were at before. So you, you kind of remember that and you put it into your work ethic each and every night. So the Kraken, I do believe, will push for a playoff spot, but they're a team that's going to have to win games 2-1. It's not going to be any high-scoring goals with this team. Updating the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers? Head to edmontontrailer.com. Well, it gets worse for the Edmonton Elks. They lose 34-24 in Ottawa. Ottawa has two wins on the season, both against Edmonton. The Elks fall to 2-5, and five, and playoff hopes are quickly fading away. Blue Jays lost 7-2 to the Yankees. 780-496-0063. Brendan has, uh, Brenda has given us a ring. Hey, Brenda, go ahead. Say hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? We've sure missed you at uh, Studio 99. Well, thanks for that. I, I'm not sure if we're going to be back, uh, at least in the short term, but I, we do appreciate you calling. What's on your mind tonight? Um, just wanted to check in and see how you guys are doing. Um, this is our first game back, and it was so exciting. Uh, we had a great time, and the fans were really into it, and it was nice to see Seattle play against our Oilers. And, you know, the opening uh, part of the, the game with O Canada and everything, it was just uh, amazing to see the smile on the Oilers' faces. They looked like they were excited and happy to have the fans back. So, Brenda, are you a season ticket holder? You better believe it. Actually, uh, Barry and I are driving home right now. We're just passing oh. Yasso. Okay, I know who this is. Well, nice to talk yeah. to you. <laughs> nice to talk to you again. <laughs> you were on Inside Sports a few uh, months ago. So tell me about, uh, yeah. same thing I asked Christian earlier, tell me about the process for you guys getting into the uh, rink tonight. How did it go? Well, we were fortunate. Uh, I booked into Studio 99, so we were there at uh, 5 o'clock. The only thing is, well, they checked our uh, COVID cards and our ID, but then we had a, a little bit of a glitch trying to get in with our mobile app, with the wallet app, and it didn't work. So we had to go back into our account manager, and then they had to scan our uh, phone. And uh, then once they got that figured out, it was, it was good. Then I was kind of watching the crowds from up top, and it looked like it was going pretty good. Good. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. And I, I know when you, when, when you and I talked a few months ago, um, you know, you, you said you, you, you thought you would feel pretty comfortable just being back in uh, a very large room with thousands of people. Did it, did it feel okay once you got your seat and everything? You know what? It felt really good. Everybody was wearing their masks unless they were having a drink or something to eat. Everybody did really well. Like, you, you know, there, I have no complaints at all. Rogers Place did a really good job. But I have a question. Are you guys going to be there for opening night uh, upstairs at Studio 99? It sounds like we're going to be in the press box for the time being. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just just wanted to check and see where you guys were at. Well, I do appreciate it, and you're welcome to call us after the game anytime, Brenda. It's good to talk to well, you. Yeah, we're driving home, and uh, we have to combine canola tomorrow, so... Hey, do you need any help? I mean, Reed and I, we got nothing going on. I'm sure we'd be we really good at that. Tomorrow. Oh, we do we? Tomorrow. You, oh, you guys... see, I wanted to combine. I've never, honestly, no, I've I never think, done that. Listen, you guys can come and combine, and I'll feed you guys. No problem. Well, hey, I tell you, that sounds pretty good, that's, Reed. That's tempting. Brenda, safe I, trip. I have a fridge in my combine, you know, so oh. it would be no oh. problem. Well, I know what I'd be putting in that fridge anyway. <laughs> yeah. Brenda, appreciate it. All the best. See you soon. Okay. See you guys. Bye. It's Brenda, 780-496-0063 as the Oilers beat Seattle 6 nothing. Yeah, people don't want me anywhere near anything that requires, like, actual labor. Because <laughs> I would hurt myself, hurt everybody else, and the job would not get done. 
I, I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever really been on a. Well, I know I've never been on a combine. No, been, I, I, I can drive a lawn tractor, but even that's since when we used to live north of Evansburg. Yeah, I'm that's not sure. I could, I'm not sure I could do that either. Just a push lawnmower is tough for me some days. <laughs> My father never taught me anything like that. So, but that'd be pretty cool. We, I mean, it's too bad we have a game tomorrow. We could have combined it. Well, I do. There, there's a, a listener that writes in sometimes. Uh, he goes by the handle Norman a combine. He's pretty entertaining. He won something on Inside Sports a few weeks ago. He oh, he listens while he's in the combine. That is pretty cool. Combines are pretty big by the sounds of it. She's got a fridge in hers. Well, we probably could set up a studio in a combine. We should actually do a game from a combine. <laughs> That's, I'd love it to might do be, that. It might be closer than the press box. I don't know why. <laughs> we might have a better view. I don't know. But some season we should do that. Like, why don't they just put us in wacky locations to do the shows? So oh, I'm all for all, that. All around the planet. Abs- well, not all around the planet. Let's let's start with Alberta. And then we'll actually, no, let's do it. We can do it from other cities. Good call by you. Yeah, we could be like at the top of Mount Everest. Again, that's pretty much our view, our height from the rig right, <laughs> from the rig right now. It would be close. <laughs> I was thinking more like an island in Hawaii, but, I mean, if you want to go to the top of Everest, that's cool too. Well, we'd go that, all over the place. That poor Sherpa that has to carry the two of us up there, though. <laughs> I neither, don't think the Sherpa carries you. I think oh, he guides you. About he? 200 yards in, he'll be carrying me. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Oh, look at poor Mr. Brown. <laughs> we might have to carry him. He ain't making him hey, much further. Uh, sort of, uh, uh, that made me think. So you remember Ricky Ray, of course. Yep. So I, I interviewed him last week, and he's doing distance running, and he did one of those 50K, well, I don't know if it was actually called the death race, but one of those where the altitude climb change was 6,000 feet uphill over the course of the 50K. Oh. Yeah. Like you said, it took him like seven hours. Well, I can tell you this. It'd be a death race if I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be the end of Rob Brown. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers win 6 nothing. We have Rocket calling in tonight. Hello, Rocket. Go ahead. Read Rob Brown. Welcome back, my friends. Glad to hear from both of you again. I swear to God, it's been a long time. Well, you've called my show in the summer, Rocket, so you, we, we, we've talked. Yeah, but not with Robbie. It's good to hear no, from Rob, you. Rob goes away in the summer and golfs. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. So, Reed, Evansburg, Alberta. Yes. Okay? Here's my best story. Early 80s, when the Oilers were winning Stanley Cups, I was booking comedians. Believe it or not, we actually did a show in Evansburg, Alberta, at the Evansburg Hotel. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Population 100. All 100 people came out to the Evansburg Hotel that night. Well, the, the Evansburg had about because, 12 or 1,500. Because as you know, nothing happens in Evansburg. So, of course, they're all going to come out. <laughs> I mean, I was putting up signs, like a missing person's sign, on the main drag, and that was it. It was sold out. It took nothing to sell out that place. It was the best night ever, I swear to God. Well, that's... I remember, I remember the Evansburg Hotel, like the hotel... The hotel itself which is don't call it hotel rooms because uh you shared bathrooms which were down the hall <laughs> well, that's, that, that sounds incredible rocket I, I appreciate the story buddy uh we'll talk hockey next time okay i got more people waiting that was entertaining thank you very much that is uh rocket flashing back to the early 80s 19 Evansburg. I, I would not have been old enough to uh go to that establishment at that time Seriously? What? No. I'm, how old do you think I am? I wasn't born in the early 60s. Well, I could go to a bar in the 80s, and I wasn't born in the early 60s either. I think I could. Yeah, well, I by could the go late the 80s, you could have. Yeah, or, well, early 80s, I couldn't have. Well, a lot, a lot legally, I guess I could have wandered in. I don't know what I would have been doing wandering the streets of Evansburg as a child. Well, actually, I do know. I probably would have been playing road hockey, but we lived out of town anyway. Uh <laughs> Oilers win six nothing tonight. Could you tell us a preseason blowout win? A <laughs> <laughs> lot to talk about. Yeah, uh, yeah, they were good. They played well. They beat Seattle. 
I, by the way, I, I, I don't like these Seattle white jerseys. I like the blue ones. I don't like that the way the light blue looks on the white. Um, there, we got to be critical of something. <laughs> I, I do. I like, well, I, usually I like the away uniforms better on most teams anyways, but I do like the Krakens. Uh, I like their name. I like the jerseys. I like their logo. Logo's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure they were completely thinking because they're going to be playing in the crack house and all their fans are going to be crackheads, <laughs> so I'm not sure they were completely thinking about that. I don't think that's that. how they're actually marketing they're, it. No, they haven't been? Oh. That's why I was I, I put my name and I sent my resume in to be the PR guy, but those ideas didn't fly very well for them. So, <laughs> all right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Robert is on the line. Hey, Robert, go ahead. I'm here and laughing. The crack house, right? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no kidding. Um, first thing I went initially thought about. Everybody loves Hyman, and I do as well. And coming in. I cannot wait to see Jesse on the line with them. Not too many people speaking of that too much. I'm thinking a huge breakout season for him. And I think they should find a way to sign him up. Um, I think he's big and strong. And anyways, the other thing I want to say is 49 years ago today, I'm not a very good announcer, but Henderson scores! 1972. Uh, well, Anyways. you know what? That, that is a pretty good impression. And yep. uh, tell you what, we're going to, uh, I believe we have the uh, the actual call here ready to go because that, that is something we were going to talk about. Martin Y.A. has it on that wing. Here's a shot. Henderson made a wild stab for it and fell. Here's another shot. Right by the score! Now, see, I was not born for see, that, Rob. I remember watching that in the Evansburg bar. <laughs> as, a, as a four-year-old. That's, well, it probably was on the TV at the Evansburg bar. Yeah, that was 49 years ago today. One of uh, the most significant moments in Canadian hockey history. So, yeah, thanks to, for, for Robert for bringing that up. I mean, that's just something everybody everybody knows about and the stories of people watching it are incredible we'll, we'll play a clip later on Gretzky was on with Bob today and talked about where he was watching the game one of those uh, you know where were you moments if you if you yeah. were on the earth well it's neat everyone knows about it it was a few years ago they did a movie on it on I think it was I, I don't want to say it wrong but it was on one of the Canadian channels I think it was CBC or someone did it and it was kind of neat and there was a I didn't realize a whole a bunch of the a bunch of players left Russia I think it was a couple yeah, some of the, guys some of the French players. The, yeah, they weren't happy. Through, yeah. They weren't playing, and they left uh, and came home. And uh, it, w- it was a, a neat story, just some of the background stuff. But yeah, it's uh, one of the greatest Canadian sports stories was Paul Anderson's goal. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers win six nothing over the Kraken. It is Justin on the line. Justin, thank you very much for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Well, we're having a good time. What's on your mind? Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Um, well, I'm probably calling mostly to just uh, to just say that I grew up in, near Toronto, and I've been a Leafs fan for over 40 years. That was all that was on on TV on the weekend was Saturday night, hockey night, always the Leafs game. And my kids all, we grew up, they're growing up near Edmonton. They're all Oilers fans. But after the last postseason they just had, and the fact that they let Hyman go, I'm going to convert to being an Oilers fan here finally. Mostly out of anger, I'm sure. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Hyman is, and we've been talking about him a lot. Yeah, he's he's a yeah. popular player. I think he's easy for fans to like because well, he's yeah. not like he has skill and he finishes. But as we've talked about, you know, a dozen times already tonight, you you, you notice him. He works hard, and, and Rob, I you know I have a running uh, gag on on Inside Sports about players that my my dear mother dislikes, mm-hmm. and as you know, she she's a very sweet human, but turns ferocious when it comes to sports. And and Zach, she hated Zach Hyman, like she yeah, I remember hated you Zach talking Hyman. about that before that she does not like him, but I now but now she likes him. It's amazing though yeah, how those yeah. players that you absolutely hate when they're on other teams, all of a sudden they put one of your jerseys on. That's my yep. new favorite player. But that's the kind of uh, player that you want on your team. Someone that you hate playing against, but, oh, is he on your team? It's awesome. And uh, I think that the Edmonton Oilers are a much better hockey club this season simply with the yeah, addition absolutely. of Zach Hyman. 
Well, th- that's what's so upsetting about it is is the, that he is so much heart and effort in every game. You know, you can have your star players and all that, but when you have someone who's putting that much, working that hard every game and like the heart of the team and then letting them go, which I didn't think needed to happen. So that's that, that's why, I don't know, that's just kind of was like the last straw for me with the Leafs, I think. All right. Well, we appreciate yeah. you calling, Justin. Good You're man. welcome to chime in any time. No worries. Actually, Have a good you know, night. Regard, regardless of who you cheer for, you, you can call. <laughs> yeah. so obviously, we yeah. get most of the Oilers fans. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah. 780-496-0063. Okay, the Oilers win 6-zip. we got to take a quick time out here. You'll hear from Zach Hyman coming up after the break. Also, Brendan Perlini. Again, more time for your phone calls as well. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. Harvey will track it down. Back in front, McDavid. Back door, tipped home. What a beautiful goal. You talk about an easy one. How about Zach Hyman's first as an Oiler? Yeah, a beauty by Zach Hyman. That made it 3-0 late in the first. Oilers beat the Kraken 6-zip. Here is Zach Hyman. It was awesome. I think, you know, Jesse was great too. Um, but, yeah, I know Connor, obviously, really good player. So it's, you just got to go to the right spots for him. And uh, he wants the puck, so it's good. Is he the type of guy that you don't think he sees you, but then the puck's on your stick type thing? Uh, yeah, no, I think he just creates so much space for himself that he can kind of find those angles, and he's such an elite passer that um, if you go to the right spots uh, and you're open, he'll find you. Yeah. You're no stranger to playing with really skilled players, I guess, but how does he kind of maybe differentiate from, from the guys you've played with before? Yeah, I mean, it's only been one game, so it's kind of a harder question to answer, but... Um, I played against him a lot, and obviously uh, his speed and his ability to generate offense whenever he gets the puck. When you don't, you don't, you know, it's a one-on-one situation. He can kind of beat a guy wide, and then all of a sudden it's a two-on-one, and and create space for 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 his line mates. So, um, yeah, it was just it was fun to to play with him tonight. And I think as we play more, we'll kind of figure out uh, each other's tendencies and whatnot. But I thought it was a good start, and I thought Jesse was great. And uh, you know, he, was, he's, he just hounds the puck, so it's great. It's fun to play with him, too. Zach, it's a preseason game. Um, you've been on the power play in, in, the, in practice, but what, what do you see? How, you know, how is it going to fit in? Do you see subtle differences that you want to pick up that's going to allow you to, to, to fit in well on that power play? Yeah, I think, you know, I think obviously those guys have been around together for a long time um, and they have tons of chemistry. They know where each other are. And for me, uh, when I'm out there, I'll, I'll be in front of that, obviously. So uh, just creating space, trying to find the backside, being in front of the net when there's a screen and, and kind of just bring my own element to uh, to the power play. And it's, you know, obviously it was, it was fun tonight and um, yeah, looking forward to it. Everyone's always going to say it's only preseason. I understand that, but people talk about certain habits you want to get into. Is it I'm giving up a goal in two games, and you know Edmonton goal scoring really hasn't been an issue in the in the last few years. It's more so defending. What what did you see maybe from your whole team as far as what's allowed you to, to not give up any goals? Yeah, I, I mean I think it starts with work ethic. Like defense is all about working. Yeah, you can put all the systems in place, but if you're not working. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go well. So I think that in both games, I watched the first game. I thought, yeah, I thought we worked hard and, and we didn't give the other team much. And, and obviously, you have to have good goaltenders back there to make the save when things do break down. And, and they both played great tonight. So um, I think it's a great start and just kind of implementing this, the structure and, and just working within it. You talk about wanting to kind of forge some chemistry with Connor. Is that something that comes really easily with somebody that good, or are there so many subtle nuances that it will take uh, a stretch before you're fully comfortable? No, I mean, I think I think certain elements, obviously, um, just get open, and, and he'll find you, and he'll make the play, and and uh, and try to get him the puck with speed. And I think um, I think it's just about you know. When you play with somebody for an extended period of time, you kind of know exactly where they're going to be when you're in certain spots, and I think it's just kind of figuring that out, and uh, it'll take time, but I thought that it was a good start, obviously, tonight, and I look forward to continuing. There was one shift there where you go in the corner, push a guy off the puck, set it to Connor, and he fires it to Jesse in the slot. Is that kind of a microcosm of what that line's going to be? Um, I mean, I hope so. I think that uh, that could be one element of of a bunch of different things that we can do, and... um, 
I think whether it's me or Jess or Connor, I think we all skate and can hunt the puck really well. And, and I think that that's something that uh, Jesse's really good at. I think Connor's underrated at that, going in and getting the puck on the forecheck and turning it over and, and making a quick strike play. And um, just, Jess almost got a, a goal off that. And I think we had a couple other chances off the, off the, off the forecheck, I should say. So, yeah, it was, it was good. Zach, just here in the back, uh, you've skated with both Connor and Yesse in the last few weeks, beginning with the captain skate, tonight getting in game action. What are some elements of Yesse's game that really stand out to you? He's just a big, strong man. Like, he's, and he can skate. Like, he's, he skates well, he, he thinks the game well, um, and uh, he's really strong on the puck. So it's, it's, been, it's been fun getting to know his game. Uh, everybody kind of knows what Connor can do when you play against him. You're always kind of focusing on him, but just to kind of see uh, Yesse go and, and play and, and work, and it's, you know, it's fun to play with him too. So, um, no, I thought as a line, I thought uh, I, mean, I really enjoyed playing with those guys tonight. Uh, I know it's just the preseason, but your first time tossing on the Oilers sweater, first impression, how nice was it to get on the board in the goal column? Yeah, no, it was nice, obviously. Um, no, I, I mean, I've, I felt a part of this team pretty early on, so it's kind of been um, seamless for me. Almost the guys have been so good in welcoming me and really making me feel part of the team even before preseason and, and whatnot. So uh, from that standpoint, you know, it's been it's been awesome, and that's a credit to the guys in the locker room and the group that, that we have that they're very welcoming to new players and make you feel comfortable right away. And I think that's such a big part of hockey is, is you know, being comfortable with, with the group. And, and just working and trying to push uh, each other every day. So it's been uh, it's been a really fun start, and, and obviously it's still preseason, and it's nice because in years past we haven't really had this preseason, so it's nice to get some game action, get your legs under you, and, and kind of um, learn new line mates, new players, and things like that. You play all of last season without fans in the building tonight. You get a glimpse of what it's like to get back to some normalcy. Uh, take us through what it was like to play in front of fans tonight. No, it's awesome. I mean, the fans here are awesome. Uh, atmosphere is great. Um, you know, I, I hope down the line we can get a full capacity rink. It'll be even better. But tonight was was awesome. Um, you, you can't. Uh, you can't put in words how much more fun it is to play hockey when you have a, a loud building and you have adamant, passionate fans who are there and. Um, and cheering for you last last year it was you know the only time I had fans was against Montreal and they're all booing you so um, to have fans that are cheering for you and are excited and just bring atmosphere to the game and life and you know just energizes you so it was uh, it was great. All right, that is Zach Hyman rocking and rolling tonight as the Oilers take down the Seattle Kraken six nothing. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. Inside the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center at Rogers Place, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Michael is on the line. Michael, go ahead, sir. Hey, uh, uh, I know I'm not an Oiler, but uh, what did you think about Daryl's on uh, Connor McDavid's offense or Oilers as general? Sorry, what did what did we think of Connor McDavid's offense tonight? Yeah, or or just the team overall. Okay, thanks. Uh, I think it was a, a, a great game for the Oilers. I mean, for the first game back at Rogers with fans in the stands, the Oilers dressed a full lineup, and they took full advantage of a Seattle team that didn't. The Oilers stars came to play. Connor McDavid, uh, every time you, you watch him play, you don't think he can be impressed uh, more than you were before the game started. But again, where some guys are trying to get the rust off, some guys are trying to find their hands, find their rhythm, uh, to him, to me, it, it looks as though he's in midseason form. It didn't look like he hadn't played in a, a few months in a, in a National Hockey League hockey game. He's making plays. He's using his speed. He's creating things on the ice at times. It looked like he was toying with the crack and when he had the puck in the offensive zone. And he had three points tonight. It would have been more had the Oilers been playing a regular season game because there's a five-on-three that he didn't get to play on late in the hockey game. Uh, Connor McDavid had an unbelievable season last season. And I have a feeling that he wants to come out and say, all right, it wasn't just because I was playing in the Canadian division. Watch what I do again this year. Well, that's the interesting thing. And McDavid gave that great soundbite when he came out and talked after one of the captain skates, he said the time is now. And the context was, you know, he's in his mid-20s. Leon Drysettle's in his mm -hmm. mid-20s. Darnell Nurse is in his mid-20s. Nuge is in his late 20s. This is Nuge's 11th year. Which is in unbelievable. The NHL. You know, they, 
Uh, they signed Derek Ryan, who's 34. Duncan Keith, who's 38. Uh, CeCe is uh, what, uh, I forget his exact age, but he's in, in his late 20s. Um, you, you know, Bouchard and, and uh, McLeod will likely be the youngest players on the roster, and they're going to be both 22 by the end of November. Now, I don't want to sit here and say Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup, but I mean, this isn't this isn't like, oh, wait a couple years anymore. Like you said earlier, they, they should be a playoff team. Yes. I they, mean, they should be a playoff team, and then it's a matter of and you had to get there first. Leon said that, said that the other day. I mean, the first step of the journey takes the longest to resolve because it's a six and a half month regular season to, to get there, but yeah, I mean, this isn't a team where you're sitting here for, for most of the guys saying, well, just, just wait three or four years and, and maybe. A lot of the guys are, are right there. And and for McDavid, yeah, I mean, whether he gets the points per game that he did last year, I mean, he should be really going into his prime now, year seven for him. Which is kind of scary yeah. when you see what he's done thus, thus far that he's just starting to get to his good years, he and Leon. Uh, no, the, Ken Holland and the Edmonton Oilers have... Sp- put together a team all in the prime of their career and sign them all long term uh this is a team that's got three or four years where both leon and connor are here together on the same on these contracts they've they've got the good support staff they went out and got depth players uh to me the the season and how far they go in the playoffs will hinge on their goaltending and uh, you can say that about any team, but this is a goaltending tandem that's a little bit older. Uh, if Mike Smith plays like he did last year, this team uh, has a chance to make some noise. Uh, they just need... Uh, they're playing the right way. Obviously, what we've seen here in, through two exhibition games, they, they've got their defensive hats on. Uh, no, I, I think this is... Every, every team that comes to training camp has the sound bites that, you know... It, we're starting fresh. This is a. We're looking forward to the season. There's optimism in the dressing room. We feel that we can be better, and they they have the sound bites. But I don't know if truly every team has that belief. There's hope, but I'm not sure there's belief. The Edmonton Oilers. There's belief in that dressing room that they're a better team than and that they showed in the playoffs last year. This is a team that's got the two best players in the National Hockey League. They've gone out and gotten deeper up front. They've gotten, they went out and found a defenseman that has won Stanley Cups, that's won gold medals, that's won Norris trophies. So they've got a veteran presence on the back, and they're using them in their second pairing. So that's something that we haven't seen here in the past. The Oilers are, I don't think they're satisfied unless, well, in all honesty, Connor and Leon, I don't think they're satisfied this year unless they win the Stanley Cup. And that is a good thought process going into a season if your two best players feel that Stanley Cup is what your goal is and should be. All right, 6-0, the Oilers take it tonight. Another interesting story is Brendan Perlini. He has three goals in two games. You'll hear from him in a couple of minutes on Hartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Turris took a shot from Alexiak, got it ahead for Perlini. He's got a trailer, Devin Shore finds him. Shore back to Perlini. What timer score! What a beautiful goal! Perlini gets it right back from Devin Shore. And the two hook up for a goal that makes it 4 nothing. Oilers. Oilers win 6-0 over Seattle. Brendan Perlini fires home two. He also scored Sunday in Calgary. Here he is. If you want to make a, a good first impression, uh, three goals in two games, kind of hard to top that. you got to be pretty happy with how it started for you. Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I was just looking to come in and play my style of game. And, um, you know, if... I said it a little bit already. I've, you know, had a had a relationship with Tip before in Arizona, so it's nice kind of coming in and knowing him and Jimmy. You know how they coach, and um, so yeah, it definitely makes it a little bit easier. And yeah, I've been uh, last couple games, you know, a good start, but uh, yeah, just focusing on uh, each shift as it comes. I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but that's really uh, all I do. Having that relationship with Tip, uh, I don't know, do you have a conversation? Does he just say, this is what I want from you, you know, don't worry about trying to do too much? How does that conversation go, and maybe what do you feel you need to do? Like, you had three pretty good years in the NHL, and you, know, you seem statistically as a guy who should be in the NHL. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've had conversations. Uh, you know, I, I think the thing with Tip, 
for me, which is really great, is he's he's very black and white. You know, he tells it how it is, which I can respect a lot. And you always know where you stand, um, good or bad. So um, I, I respect him a ton. Um, you know, he helped me break into the league and, and gave me my first opportunity. And I'll always uh, be grateful for that. And, you know, I'm grateful for, for this opportunity, too, to come here and, and try and, uh, you know, help the team and, and get in and uh, show kind of what I'm all about. Friday night, obviously three goals in two games is going to be really nice. Uh, <laughs> um, but is it going to be what you do at your own end of the rink and being def the responsible defensively and, and things like that, that that are going to eventually give you a spot in this lineup? Yeah, um, again, I, I think that that's the thing. Like with, with Tips teams, you know, he, he really wants guys uh, playing that 200-foot game and... Um, for me, I think that's the last thing, like, over the last year and a half or so since I've been out of the NHL that I've really kind of worked hard on and stealing pucks and things like that. That uh, I think I've, I've added a, a whole other dimension to my game. So, um, yeah, it's, it's worked out uh, decently well so far. And I uh, just like to, to keep putting in good efforts and going forward. Being good at your own end of the rink, does that take kind of your video or how do you kind of improve your defensive side of the game before yeah a bit of video i mean you know what to be honest i think a lot of it is is timing and and reps and um for me i think it was a, a great thing getting to go to swiss last year because during uh, the whole kind of COVID period, I really had time to assess with uh, my dad and my family, um, you know, with, with them all involved in hockey, my dad being former NHLer and stuff like that. Uh, we really assessed where I was at at that point and what improvements I could make, what stuff I can get rid of and blah, blah, blah. And I think going to Swiss, I could kind of put all that stuff and see what worked, what didn't from, from my kind of uh, experience during COVID and, um, you know, now, after that kind of come in here and, and trying to do the same thing here so yeah um to answer your question though sorry i was rambling on a little bit but um yeah so i think for me just uh, a lot more timing and and uh trying things hi brendan uh, daniel nugent bowman from the athletic I, i'm just curious about a little bit more about that uh, switzerland experience was it i mean you obviously i'm sure you want to be in the nhl but was it nice to kind of clear your head a little bit and and experience the things from a new perspective yeah it was it was awesome um you know what i think uh i think if any year going over that was for me it was a good year just based off of how short the nhl season was and um things like taxi squads and all that and so um for me coming off the year in detroit where we didn't have a great year and stuff it, it was great to get over there get in a, a new environment very positive environment and uh like i said put a lot of things to the test and uh really over there i i I played, uh, you know, as much as I've ever played as far as minutes-wise and stuff. So really kind of got the mojo back and, and got confidence. And, uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a great experience for sure. I know you're a pretty worldly guy. I'm, I'm sure there are worse spots in the world. Yeah, definitely. I, I lived in uh, in a good spot. In uh, the team put me in Lugano as well, which is about 45 minutes away. So, um, yeah, great lifestyle over there. I mean, I, I don't have a zero. I have zero complaints about uh, about the country. Maybe a couple speeding tickets here and there that uh, you know they they could have raised the speed limit a little bit in certain areas. But uh, apart from that, uh, no, yeah, it was a great experience. Watch out for radars here. Right? Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's, <laughs> luckily, I don't have a car. I ain't driving around here. So go. Uh, I'm just curious what uh, about you know you've had the, the same two line mates for for the last two games. What has that meant to you, and how has that helped maybe any kind of transition that you've had uh, getting going here in Edmonton? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, anytime you can. You know, build a little bit of chemistry. Uh, I know it's even preseason, and guys are kind of chopping and changing, but it, it just makes it a, a little bit, uh, a little bit easier um, playing-wise. Just kind of knowing, you know, where guys are on the ice and what spots they like to be, where they don't like to be. And obviously, with uh, with Saris and, and Shore, they're both experienced players, great NHLers. So, um, yeah, it's a privilege to play with those guys, and I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity and. I just try and uh, make the most out of it and, you know, let them play and uh, get to the areas for them. Uh, it's, o it's only been a couple of preseason games, but are things going as kind of smoothly as you hoped or uh, did you expect there would be a readjustment period? 
Uh, you know what? I, I didn't I didn't have any expectation, good or bad. I I just treat every day as an opportunity. You never know what uh, what comes about. So um, I think that that is the thing with going over to Switzerland. Um, you realize that every day is a great day in the NHL, and um, so I'm coming back with a lot of gratitude and humility towards uh, just being around here every day and being around the top guys and and competing. So. Um, sorry, I rambled on. What was your question there? Uh, no, you were going pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, on, the, on the adjustment. It's only been a couple of games. Yeah, yeah. The pretty adjustment. seamless for you. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think uh, I... Don't think I um, really expected any I really just taking it day by day and you know trying to do my best each and every day and I like I said earlier I know that sounds very cliche but um, you know I, I'm not thinking too much in the past or the future it's just trying to stay very present on on this time do you have to prove anything to yourself or are you for sure thinking that you're you're back and you've always belonged in this league and here you are um, again I mean I'm, I'm not I'm not out here to to prove anyone wrong or right or whatever. I'm just here to play hockey, and um, you know I'm I'm here to work my hardest every day for for the coach and for the team, and uh, whatever comes about comes about. You know I I'm not out there to like I said you know do all whatever and um, anything external. You know I, I'm just I'm here focusing on what I can do to to help everyone here and, and to get better every day. That's Brendan Perlini helping himself with two more goals tonight as the Oilers pound the Seattle Kraken 6 nothing. You can get more on this game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer is on from noon to 2 tomorrow. And then at 4.30 tomorrow afternoon, we have the face-off show. The game at 6 as the Oilers get right back at it, taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our studio game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy our studio producer, back at 6.30 Chet. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Oilers 6, tentacle team nothing. Have a good night. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.